Ashley Brock reading Dolores Fawson's book, Dade, Chapter 3. Dade looked down at his left arm and cursed. This was not a good time to get shot. Hell, using the door jam for support, he got to his feet and tried not to look as if his arm was on fire. He figured he failed big time when he saw Kayla. Her eyes were wide. Her face was too pale. You've been shot, she said. The words rushing out. Was that concern he saw and heard? He had to be wrong about that. No, this was probably just a reaction to the blood. And there was no doubt about it. There was blood. Check on your bodyguard. Dade barked. And he pulled back his shoulders so she could face, he could face the responders who were coming right at him. First, there was his brother, Sheriff Grayson Ryland, tall and lanky, like most of his five siblings. Grayson might not have been the biggest of the half dozen people who came out of the cruisers and ambulances, but he was automatically the center of attention and the one in charge. Grayson commanded respect just by stepping onto the scene. Another brother, Mason, stepped out from a vehicle, too, a weathered Ford truck that had been red once, maybe twenty years ago. Mason, like Dade, was also a deputy sheriff, but worked only part-time because he also ran the family ranch. Dressed in his usual black jeans, black shirt, and equally black Stetson, Mason made his way toward the estate. Not with grace and speed, authority, or concern. Mason always looked as if he was stalking something or headed to a funeral. You hurt, Grayson said, and he used his head to motion to the medic so they'd hurry to Dade. Grayson also kept his gun trained on the man sprawled out on the porch. The dead man. Dade had managed to take the guy out, but not before the SOB had fired a shot into Dade's arm. Talk about a rookie mistake. And he hadn't been a rookie in 14 years, not since he joined the Silver Creek Sheriff's Department on his 21st birthday. Considering that becoming a cop was his one and only desire in life, he also seemed to be screwing it up. Like now, for instance, the gunman who could have given them answers was as dead as a doornail. Added to that, Dade had nearly let Caleb Brennan be gunned down. Her bodyguard had been shot or worse, and the jagged slice on his arm from the bullet graze was hurting like hell. Grayson stooped down and put his fingers to the gunman's neck. He's dead. Yeah, no surprise there. You need to check on Kayla's bodyguard. Dade let his brother know he would do it himself, but he wanted a chance to catch his breath and get ahead of the pain. Kayla! Grayson questioned, standing upright, aimed a questioning glare at Dade. Dade knew why. Kayla! was way too personal to call someone who might be responsible for a family member's death. Grayson was right, and they'd silently curse that, too. He was a sucker for a damsel in distress, and while he wasn't sure about the damsel part, Kayla was definitely in distress, and so was her baby. With his glare morphing into a disgruntled drow, Grayson flipped on the lights and walked past him and into the foyer, where Kayla was kneeling down next to Kenneth. He's still breathing, Kayla announced, and that sent two of the medics scurrying into the bodyguard's direction. One medic, however, Carrie Collins, a leggy brunette in a snug green scrubs, made a beeline toward Dade. I'm okay. Dade tried to tell her, but she latched onto his arm to examine it. I'll decide if you're okay or not, Carrie answered. Like Kayla, there was way too much concern in her voice and expression. In this case, though, Dade knew why. Carrie and he had once been lovers, 
that wasn't just water under the bridge. That water had dried up nearly a year ago. Too bad Carrie didn't always remember that. You need stitches, Carrie mumbled, her forehead sponging up, and probably a tetanus shot. But they turned her out and put his attention on Kayla, Grayson and the unconscious bodyguard. Grayson caught on to Kayla and moved her away from the man so the medics could get to work. But it was obviously Kayla had tried to keep her employee alive. Her hands and dress were covered with blood. Kayla looked down at her palms, which were shaking almost violently, and she shuddered. Now that the lights were back on, they also saw the tears welled up in her eyes. Dade's feet seemed to have a mind of their own because he started toward her. So did Mason. Mason grunted and glanced down at Dade's arm. You scratched yourself, Mason remarked with zero sympathy in his tone. Don't expect me to do the paperwork for this goat rope. It was just what Dade needed to hear, sarcasm without sympathy. He knew his brother loved him. Well, Dade was pretty sure of that anyway, but Mason wasn't the sort to cut anyone any slack. Unlike Kayla, blinking back tears, she made her way toward Dade with her attention fixed on his arm. I thought you'd been killed. Dade was aware that both his brothers were watching and listening. No, he didn't get lucky this time. She flinched as if he'd slapped her, but quickly regained her composure. Lucky, she challenged. Right. Well, let's just say I'm grateful you did your job, and you put yourself in front of bullets for me. Her voice trailed off to a whisper. Thank you, Dade. Dade was 100% positive that his brother had missed the way his given name had just purred right off her sympathetic rose-tinged lips, or maybe the purring and the sympathy were his imagination. Oh, man. Kayla was going to be trouble with a capital T. I have to check on my baby. She let them know. Dade snagged her by the arm. Have the nanny and Robbie stay in the bathtub, okay? This might not be over. As expected, the fear returned to her eyes. She swallowed hard, nodded, and raced up the stairs. I'll need to question you when you come back down, Grayson called out to her. Without looking back, she gave another shaky nod. Nade wanted to hit himself in his fire-burning arm just to get his mind off this asinine need to comfort and to play nice with the one woman he shouldn't want to comfort or play nice with. The three of them watched her make her way up the stairs, and Dade waited for the lecture from his brothers, a lecture that would no doubt include a reminder to think with his brain and not with what was behind the zipper of his wranglers, but the lecture didn't come, not verbally anyway. Grayson stepped away to give the medics some instructions, and then he took out his phone to call the county medical examiner, something Dade should have already thought to do. Did the dead guy give you any warning before he started shooting? Mason asked. Dade shook his head. Kayla, he considered calling her misprinted, but heck, the damage had already been done. She refused protective custody and was on my way back to town when I figured out something was wrong. The guy opened fire before I could get back inside. Mason stayed quiet a moment, but his forehead bunched. She refused our help. It wasn't a question. Mason sort of growled it out in a disapproving way. They shrugged and then winced when that sent another shot of fire through his arm. Understandable. She doesn't trust us just like we don't trust her. Made, Mason made a sound, one of his grunts that could have meant anything or nothing at all. I'll keep watching outside. We don't need any more of Charles Brennan's kinsmen showing up here tonight. No, they didn't, and it could happen, all right. Dade figured there was no way Brennan was going to let Kayla get anywhere near a witness stand. 
I need to clean that wound. Carrie let him know. Later. Dade moved to the side so the medics could take the bodyguard out on the gurney. Grayson had finished with his call. Dade wanted an update. Thankfully, Carrie didn't follow him. The M.A.'s on the way, Grayson lied, and the rest of the deputies. Once they arrive, we can get Kayla and her baby out of here. They glanced at the pool of blood and the shards of glass on the glossy marble floor. Maybe that would convince her to accept protective custody and leave for some place safer, if a safe place actually existed. Did you say why she changed her mind about testifying and coming back to Silver Creek? Grayson asked. Dave shook his head, looked in the direction of the footsteps he heard. Kayla was making her way back downstairs, and she was no longer wearing the blood-soaked dress. She put on black pants and a gray blouse. She also adjusted her attitude. No more threat of tears or sympathetic looks. She was sporting a fresh, cla first-class glare. How's your son? Dade asked, pleased that he would have to deal with the real Kayla rather than the damsel. He's fine, she snapped, and then turned her attention to Grayson. Someone obviously leaked my location, she accused before she even reached them in the foyer. Seems that way, Grayson meant. I suppose you think it was one of us. I do, Dade stepped in front of his brother so he could finish this fight. We have better things to do than endanger a witness, so that means the leak came from your side. Who knew you were coming here? She folded her arms over her chest. You mean beside the Rylands? Yeah, besides the cops. They didn't budge an inch. He met her eye to eye and practically foot to foot when she glanced down. But when she glanced down, they looked as well and saw the drop of his blood that had splattered onto one of her high-priced shoes. You need stitches, Grayson grumbled. I need answers from Miss Brennan. They grumbled right back. But he did step slightly away so he wouldn't bleed on her fancy clothes. And speaking of clothes, she missed a button on the blouse. Why, well, he noticed that now he didn't know. Wait, yeah, he did know. His male brain was too alert to the fact that Kayla was a woman. A woman with a gape in her blouse that allowed him to peck, peek at the top of her right breast. They did a double take. She had a tattoo, a little pink heart, right there on the swell of her breast. Kayla made a soft sound of outrage, obviously noticing what had caught his attention, and she quickly buttoned her blouse as if she'd declared war on it. Your son's nanny knew you were here. Dade reminded her. He rolled up his shirt sleeve to put some pressure against his graced arm. She gave him a flat look. My nanny is not responsible for this. She was just in, she was in just as much danger as we were. Dade couldn't argue with that. So who else knew? Kate Wernley touched her fingers to her forehead. My sister, Misty Wallace, but she wouldn't have told anyone. Grayson and Dade exchanged glances, and they knew the, that Grayson would verify that as soon as he could. Kayla noticed that glance and must have realized what it meant. Don't waste your time with my sister. I trust her with my life, and she would die rather than tell Charles where I am. Instead, investigate the DA, she answered her voice edge with anger. Winston Calhoun's not in the business of killing witnesses either. Dade let her know, although he would check to make sure the DA hadn't accidentally said the wrong thing to the wrong person. I've known Winston my whole life. We can trust him. Maybe not, Kayla disagreed. Is he rich like you and your family? No, they didn't like where this was going. But not everyone can be bribed. My former father-in-law has a knack for finding a person's weak spot and getting his way. 
there was no smugness in her statement, and a frustrated sigh left her mouth. He couldn't argue with that either. What about your sister, then? Is Misty dirty rich like you? Oh, that got a rise out of her. The anger flashed through her eyes. This isn't about Misty. It's about Charles and whomever he could have bribed. Maybe. They concluded. Then I'll go to my original question. Who knew you were coming here? A boyfriend? A lover? She shook her head and looked ready to suck. No, on both counts. Your driver, then? They tried again. I tried myself, and I didn't tell anyone else where I was going. She paused. She glanced around the foyer, her attention landing on Dave's bloody arm. I came here because I thought Charles wouldn't believe this was the last place I'd be. Obviously, you got that wrong. Dade grumbled. Obviously, she grumbled right back. Why did you change your mind about testifying? Dade pressed when she added nothing else. Kayla dodged his You wouldn't believe me if I told you. Because she was starting. Staring at the floor, they ducked down a little to make eye contact. Try. She lifted her shoulder, stepped away from it. I wanted to do the right thing. Kayla paused. This morning I got a threatening email from my ex-father-in-law. Dayton Grayson exchanged another glance. You told the day about this, Grayson asked. No, what would have been the point? Charles' threats are nothing new and never specific enough to bring charges against him. But this time, something inside me snapped. She paused. Or maybe for the first time, things got crystal clear. Her gaze came to Dade's again, and she blinked back tears. After reading that email, I knew the only way I could get this to stop was to testify and make sure Charles was put away for the rest of his life. Oh, here. Oh, hell. There it was again. Sympathy. It was burning as hot as the gash on his arm. Grayson obviously wasn't mean either because he gave a heavy sigh. And that's the reason I need you in protective custody. Grayson concluded. I want to take you and your baby to a safe house so that Brennan can't get to either of you. Brennan is out of jail on bond and we're trying to keep an eye on him. But you know better than anyone he can hire guns to do his dirty work. Kayla stared at Grayson and stared at Day too. After what happens tonight, how can you possibly keep my baby safe? She asked. Her voice broke on the last word. Dade was about to assure that he would do his best, but Grayson's phone rang. He glanced at the screen, mumbled some profanity before he stepped away to take the call. I still don't trust you, Kayla whispered to Dade. He nodded. Yeah, I get that. He pointed to the bottom for you. What you got? very short list of people you can trust right now. She might have known that was true, but she still didn't agree. That was one of the medics. Grayson relayed, putting his phone back in his pocket. He walked back across the fall foyer toward him, toward them as Titchy nailed the killer. Your bodyguard died. Bodyguard died on the way to the hospital. That was all he said. Grayson didn't offer any details or reiterate that she could have been the one in that ambulance. Kayla pulled in her breath, and what little collar she had drained from her face. She gave one crisp nod and turned toward the stairs. I'll let the nanny know that we're moving to a safe house tonight with Dade. Deputy Ryland, she corrected her voice, now chilled with that ice queen tone. They didn't exactly celebrate because it had taken way too long to convince her to do the right thing. Now he only hoped it was the right thing. After all, she just put her son, sons and her lives right in his hands. I think we might have found our leak, Mason said. 
Stepping into the doorway, they got everyone. That got everyone's attention. Kayla stopped at the bottom step and turned to face him. I checked the dead gunman's phone. Mason held up the bag to sell for them to see. About a half an hour before this guy started shooting, he made three calls. He aimed his usual surly expression at Kayla. First one was to some guy named Danny Flynn, a lowlife who likely, likely works for your ex-father-in-law, Charles Brennan. He does? Kilman, I remember that name. Well, that wasn't exactly a bombshell. Everyone knew how much Brennan wanted to stop Caleb. Of course, Brennan wouldn't deny would deny any association with the employee who'd gotten the call. But the cops might be able to break the employee and get him to confess. You said you found the leak. They'd prompt, prompted. Mason glanced at the screen on the dead man's cell. We got two possibilities. The next call the gunman made was to Misty Wallace. The breath seemed to switch right out of Kayla. My sister? Your sister, Mason confirmed. Kayla frankly shook her head. But Misty wouldn't tell Charles or anyone else where I was going. Right, Mason That call to her says otherwise. He went to Grayson and handed him the phone so that his brother could also check on the screen. From his angle, they couldn't see what caused both his brothers eyes to narrow. Kayla had white knuckle grip on the stair railing. Who's the third person he called? What kind of game are you playing at, Miss Brennan? Grayson demanded. What do you mean? Inner shock shook. Sure as heck sounded sincere, but they didn't take the sincerity of the head shaking at face value. He leaned in so he could see the name of the last person gumming a call. Hell, what was going on? End of chapter 3.